Welcome today to our online internet church service, which is an international church service. Praise God, and the Holy Spirit is here in our midst today. Praise God. Let's take our Bibles and go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings and bring them into the storehouse of God. And I would just like to share with you this one loaded verse spoken by the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. This again is Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Let me stop right there just for a moment. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. I have found through my Christian journey that the only way for people to come out of poverty who would be in poverty level, that the only way to truly come out of poverty is to give your way out. Now, I know that there are people today that maybe would be in the church. Most of them would be outside of the church who have acquired wealth or financial prosperity, and maybe they came into wealth and they didn't, in a sense, give their way out of lack or poverty, and they did some other things, and now they have money. The problem is because they did not get there on the biblical path. They did not give their way out of poverty. The problem is, is that although they may have some money today, they still have a poverty spirit. And you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I've met people before who are millionaires, and they still have a poverty spirit. There is still a stinginess. There's a greediness. There's a concern they could lose it all. And they are not free from the spirit of poverty. But my friends, when you, when you have that stingy poverty spirit thing on you, even if you have money, you can't even really enjoy it. And you can't be free in Christ because of that restriction. But when you, from a cheerful, giving heart, begin to give, even if you are in a place of lack or insufficiency, when you begin to give, just as the Apostle Paul mentioned when he spoke of the church of Macedonia, how they gave even, even in a place of dire financial need themselves, they contributed way above and beyond their ability. And what happened? They gave themselves, they gave to a degree where they, they pulled themselves out of poverty. Praise the Lord. See, here's the thing. There are political parties. There are certain embodiments of power upon this earth that want to keep people poor. They want to keep them in what would be considered a poverty level. Now, it's different from country to country. Here in our nation, there is a certain income that if you fall below that income, you are considered poverty level. There are certain people in our country in leadership positions, not President Trump, of course, but there's others in other political parties that want to keep people locked in perpetual poverty. And here's how they do it. They, they keep giving them benefits. They give the poor people benefits. They give the poor people handouts. They give the poor people cell phones. They give the poor people this and that and this and that. And by doing that, they know just by feeding them a little, feeding them a little, it's enough to satisfy them and keep them locked into a place of complacency. And what they will do, of course, by giving these trinkets and doodads and stuff like that, is they hope to secure the vote that, uh, that they'll vote for that party that's giving them the, the, the benefits, the cheesy little benefits. And it could even be cheese and things like that. Now, there is a place to help the poor. But if you really want to help the poor, you will not just keep giving, giving, giving to them, because that's not going to change things. There are certain nations of this earth that have had billions, with a B, I'm not saying millions, I'm saying billions, they have had billions of dollars poured into those nations that are undeveloped in, in an effort to develop them and to bring them up. And you know what? They're still just as crooked and corrupt and messed up today as they were before the money ever touched them. And so billions poured in did not change anything, did not change a single thing. Most of the money went missing. Most of the money went into the hands of corrupt people uh, who took it for themselves. And very, very little actually trickled down and actually touched the, you know, the real people living there. But uh, that's just the way it is. My friends, there is a, there is a biblical way to come out of lack. 
There is a biblical way to come out of insufficiency where you never have enough. There's a biblical way to come out of poverty, and it's called giving. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's God's way. Some preachers, in their ignorance of the word, they look at, uh, you may, they maybe look across a congregation and they think, I can't take an offering because the people are too poor. Well, that's why they're poor, because they've never given anything. And so now they're trained, they're indoctrinated mentally just to be takers, just to be consumers, and, and, and to never give or to uh, do anything on their own. They're made to think that they can't do anything, that all we have to do is help them all the time, help them all the time. Well, yes, this ministry does help the poor. We do reach out and we do things to help the poor. My wife and I, we love the poor. There are certain places we travel to on purpose uh, certain countries that we go to it from time to time that they could, they could never even afford the airfare. We go, the ministry covers it and we go and we preach there on purpose because we want to reach the poor. And we also go to other places that could maybe be considered affluent, but whether you're rich or poor, if you don't have Christ as your Lord and savior, you're lost in your sins. So everybody needs to hear Christ. And that, that, that includes not only the poor, middle-class, rich, upper-class, whatever you want to call it. Everybody needs Christ as their Lord and savior. And everybody deserves the opportunity opportunity to hear the gospel message. Right here in this one verse, Jesus opens the door for anybody to come into a, a, a walk of abundance and a life, a life where you know the reality of God as Jehovah Jireh. And here it is again, give and it will be given. And so many people say, oh, Pastor Stephen, you can't expect those people to give. Everybody has something to give. I don't care if you're a homeless person. Uh, even homeless people have something. It might, you know, it, it might be a button or something like that. But everybody's got something. It, it might be a nickel. It might be a dime. I know what it was like. I'm not just preaching this from some kind of like, you know, theological perspective and have never lived it. You know my testimony. You, if you, if you're not familiar with my testimony, you can read it in my book called The Sacred Anointing. I took a whole chapter to outline it. When I was homeless, had had nothing. When I say homeless, I'm talking living out of a cardboard box. Okay, that, that's, what, that's what you call homeless, okay? Living out of a cardboard box, all I had was four $1 bills. I had saved them for a long time. I'd never spent them. And I thought if I was about to die, I could at least have one final good meal. Well, wouldn't you know it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me to give those four $1 bills in an offering. And I did, and I gave my way out of poverty. As, as you can probably tell, I'm not, I'm not uh, too fond of cardboard anymore, <laughs> except maybe when moving. <laughs> you know, it's good to have boxes to move with. Outside of that, me and cardboard don't get along too good anymore, praise God. But, uh, you know, the Lord's blessed me. But I, I learned that if you want to get out of financial difficulties, there's a biblical way. Now, there's a worldly way. I'm not interested in that because then you do the world way, even if you end up with money. Now you're all goofed up. You got a stingy spirit. You're full of fear and all kinds of, you know, maybe you're not even saved. So I'm not interested in that route. But the way of the way of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is revealed right here, is to give. So maybe you're at a place today, you're thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know what God could do with my life. I'm, you know, maybe I'm making minimum wage. Maybe you're at a place like that. But you know what? That's okay because. Your, your job does not have to determine what your income is. If you could just grasp that one statement I just made, because some of you think, you, you think that your job is what it's all about, and you're totally forgetting that you have a Jehovah Jireh in your life who has, who has all of the world's resources at his fingertips. That's, that's the God that you serve, and your job is not your source. Your job is a place where you can get seed to sow. Sure, you can pay some bills and stuff like that, but you, you need to get into the sowing thing, because if you don't, if you don't, you're, all you're going to be doing is living your life as a consumer, and you're, you're, you're cheating yourself out of one of the greatest joys, which is the joy of giving. Wow, praise God. Then you, you'll never go to know it if you don't give. Praise the Lord. So Jesus says, give. And that's, that's for everybody. Okay, you know, rich, poor, whoever, skin color, it doesn't matter. This is the Lord's path. This is the Lord's way. This is how you work kingdom principles. You, you see what the Lord teaches, and you take it and you run with it. Give, and it will be given to you. And that's a law. That is a spiritual law. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And running over, running over will be put into your bosom. 
that's that's a word picture there in the culture of the day of a person making a grain purchase where you go up you know the man goes up uh, you have the belt around your robe and you take the lower part of the outer robe and you pull it up and you kind of make like a you know like your own little bucket and he just pours the grain in there and then you shake it so that it gets compacted shake uh, you know pressed down shaken together so you get, get just as much in there okay and then it says also uh, it says will be put into your bosom okay for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you okay so we're to give but you want to remember that it's going to come back with the measure that you give so you should give cheerfully and that way when your harvest comes back you know it has a good it has a good taste okay it has a good it has a happy it's like a happy moment praise the Lord and you want to give also if you uh, in this measure from the perspective that if you're just if you're just giving out in teaspoons well it's going to come back it's going to come back in that type of a level so you want to give generously why so that when your harvest comes it's coming back very very generously praise the Lord you're the one not God you and I are the ones that determine the measure of the harvest that comes back to us praise the Lord you know I know that my teaching uh, upends a lot of Christians theologically because a lot of Christians they want to put all the responsibility on God and that's not biblical you don't see that in the Bible well God determines my harvest uh, brother Stephen God determines everything no he doesn't no more than a farmer uh, sits back and says well God's going to determine what my harvest is no he doesn't as a matter of fact there will not be any harvest unless he gets out in that field and starts working that field and sowing some seed and you know making sure that you know he's taking care of that crop there won't be any kind of harvest. God doesn't have anything to do with it all the farmer does praise the Lord same with us God's not determining what our harvest is we are determining what our harvest is through the seeds that we sow and the measure in which we are measuring out because that's exactly my friends that's exactly what's coming back Woo! praise the Lord amen so let's just stay on the first part of that of that verse give give and it will be given to you now it's going to come back in these various measures good measure pressed down shaking together and running over I I really like the running over part uh, if you have been indoctrinated through church religious unbiblical tradition which says that God will only meet your needs he'll never meet above and beyond that you have been wrongly taught okay Jesus said that there is a there is a realm where you can get into the realm where you give and it's coming back in a portion that's literally running over okay and so the running over is that when you've got the ability to do what God's called you to do and you still have a running over portion and now you can even be a blessing into the lives of others to help them do what God has called them to do as well praise the Lord lift both of your hands and say I believe it and say I receive it in the name of Jesus now just like weightlifting, if you do bench press, you'll begin to develop your pectoral muscles, and there could be a part where you begin and start where maybe all you can bench is the bar. Maybe you can't even do the bar, okay? That, that, that's okay. Some people, you know, everybody's at a different level. But maybe eventually you can get some plates on the bar, and then maybe some 45s, and maybe some du double 45s on each side. Now, now you're moving, praise the Lord. Now there's, some, uh, now there's some activity going on. But you know what? This is also a spiritual muscle that you could develop. You can develop your giving muscle and you can also develop your receiving muscles as well praise the Lord and how do you develop them by exercising them by giving and then you're looking for that harvest and by receiving okay take some more out of that that what you received from received from and then sow some more and just keep it going and keep it going and you just keep going from glory to glory strength to strength and faith to faith praise the Lord Hallelujah. And you walk with the Lord in the financial covenant, you will be exempted from all of the pressure, the fear, the stress, and the turmoil that is out there in that world of sinners who do not know God and who do not have a covenant with God. Praise the Lord. My friends, the Lord's words are very, very sure. They will work for anybody that will take them and work them. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for your people today as they grab a hold of this scripture. The living words of Christ and as they work it and operate it I thank you father God you're raising up champion givers <clears throat> excuse me father I thank you that you're raising up champion givers that take great joy in giving hallelujah and father I thank you for a tremendous harvest looping back around into their life 30 60 100 fold your very best brought back into their lives multiplied father we thank you that your word is true 
We thank you. We give you praise. Father, we attach ourselves to your word with faith and expectation in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Now let's honor the word of God. Let's work the word of God. Let's now bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of God. If you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Zip code is 28654. If you would like to go online to bring your tithes and offerings in, you can do so anytime, day or night. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the home page called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reaping. You can go there, and you can be a blessing to the ministry, and a blessing to seeing that the gospel is preached around the world. Praise God. There at the website also is a header called Projects. If you would like to click on that, you'll see two current projects that we are on. One is the Fence Project. One is the Ministry Aviation Hangar Project. If you would like to sow into those, that would be a blessing to the ministry as well. Praise God. So Father, we just thank you that we give, and it is given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, do men pour into our bosom. Father, we thank you that we measure out graciously, generously, and it's measured back to us, graciously, generously, and overflowing. Father, we give you the praise. We believe the words of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word is eternal, in Jesus' name. And around the world, we say, Amen. Praise God. Let's go today to the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, and let us drop down today to verse 18 as we begin to discuss the subject of when you want something from God. Now, if you walk with the Lord long enough, and oftentimes it doesn't take too long, there'll be those times when you need, when you desire something special from God. I would like to share with you some ways to approach the Lord, to discuss this with the Lord, because you'll find out this is a dual discussion, okay? The, there's conversation going back and forth. It's not, it's not just one way. And uh, this is something that's very fascinating as you step into this kingdom dynamic of asking and receiving. Let's talk about it today. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, when you want something from God, praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, open the eyes of our understanding. Let us be able to approach you as a loving, caring Heavenly Father. Let us be able to sense and grasp the great love that you have for us and your desire to bless us and to see us blessed just as we desire to see our children blessed. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for revelation, knowledge of your word flowing by the anointing of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, when I say, when you want something from God, when I'm discussing this topic, I know that there could be maybe a list of things that you would desire from God, or maybe even need from God, but I'm not really right now talking about a list today. I'm talking about one specific thing that would weigh heavy on your heart, that if the Lord were to appear before you, and if, if He were talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, this, this would be something that would come up. This would be something that you would want Him to do, okay? So that's what I'm talking about. There can be maybe other things, I'm sure there are, that you would like to discuss with the Lord, and you would like to see manifested in your life. But there are times when there is a season in your life when it's time for something, and it's when it's time for that thing, uh, the Lord wants to see it birthed and brought forth. And I believe it's good to also cover that in prayer, and bring that before the Lord, so that it is accomplished in its due time. Praise the Lord. Verse 18, Come now. And let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Okay, watch this. Come now and let us reason together. Did you notice the word us? U.S. In other words, God doesn't say, you know, just go ahead and ask what you want, and, uh, you know, I'll run it by the angels, and uh, uh, well, I've got Abraham up here now, and uh, I'll see what he thinks about it. And if it's all good, we'll send you back a report from an angel and give you either thumbs up or thumbs down. No, that's not what it's about. All of this there is, is circling around relationship with the living God. Okay, so come now, right now. See, today's your day. Come now. 
and let us reason together. In other words, God says, Let, let's reason together, you and me, us together, not, not just you doing all the talking, not just God doing all the listening. And by the way, not just God doing all the talking, and not just you doing all the listening, but a dual uh, act of engaging in a vibrant conversation in prayer. Come now and let us, okay, you and God, reason together, talk it over, discuss it, get to the root of it. I mean, bring it all out in the open, investigate the motives of it. Will it bring glory to the Lord? Or is it all about just maybe something that you just want to be tickled with? No, no, go over all of this. See, that's why it says, let us You'll often find that God has some things to say about certain requests. Sometimes people just bring their requests before the Lord, uh, having no concern, is it God's will? Or they're not even interested in that. They just want it, okay? They want an answer, and they want that thing. But that's why the Lord says, let us reason together. Let's talk about this. Let's go over this with a fine-tooth comb. Well, I'm not into all that, Pastor Stephen. Well, that's why you don't get your prayers answered. <laughs> glory to God. It's not like a shopping trip, you know, to Walmart or something. This is a real relationship with God who has everything under his authority. And, you know, Christ is the head of the church. Uh, I, I mean, he's the one to talk to. But, you know, the Lord likes friendship. He likes relationship. It says that Abraham was a friend of God. Come on, let's step into that. Let's step up to that level. And let's honor and respect the Lord, and let's hear His heart. It's not that He's going to say no. Don't, don't be anticipating a no, but be anticipating the Lord also. Maybe they have input. Maybe they have a suggestion. Maybe they have something to help you concerning what you're asking for that you haven't even thought of. And the Lord may, may bring that in and help you along this path, because He could be saying, hey, I want this more than you do, so let's talk it over, because God could be thinking, I want this accomplished. We need to get this done. It's time. So that's why the Lord wants to discuss it with you. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Now, uh, a lot of people, they're like, well, Pastor Stephen, I'd love to do that. But, you know, Pastor Stephen, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. And I feel like if I come before the Lord, He's going to bring that stuff up before me. And I have no confidence before God when all of my mistakes and failures start coming to mind. That's why we have this next statement by the Lord. Because the Lord... The Lord loves you, and His blood is able to cleanse you from all sin, all iniquity. What is iniquity? Iniquity is a type of crookedness. Um, iniquity, in a way, is sin, but it's more of what we would call willful sin. Knowing something's wrong, knowing something that is out of bounds, and you do it any, and you just you do it anyhow. Maybe weakness of the flesh, maybe just you know whatever you did it anyhow. Okay, that that's more along the lines of iniquity. Iniquity also can have an inference to something that could be deeply rooted, something that you try to qu uh, uh, quit or kick the habit, but it pops back up maybe once every two weeks, maybe once every month or something like that. It, that it could be something that's deep rooted. That's also denoted in the. And the understanding of what iniquity could be. But regardless, sin, iniquity, any wrongdoing, whatever, once you repent of your sin and confess it, it is washed away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we need to have confidence before, uh, before the throne of God. As we are in His presence, we, you have to be in faith to ask of the Lord and to receive but a lot of people, their faith gets disrupted because of a sin consciousness. So it says here, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So don't let past failures, mistakes. I'm, when I'm talking about past, I'm not just talking about 20 years ago. I'm talking about maybe 20 minutes ago, okay? Don't let stuff like that hold you back from going before the Lord and saying, Father, I'm here to spend time with you today. There's something special I want to ask you for. I really want to go over this with you. Uh, don't let uh, your, your sins, past sins, uh, hold you back from a walk with God, because He'll wash it all away, and you can come before His presence pure and clean and whiter than snow. Can you say praise the Lord today? Let's go to Isaiah, same book. Let's move further into this book, chapter 43. Chapter 43. What I'm sharing with you today are just a few steps. I would maybe call it procedures that I take when I want to go before the Lord and bring something special before Him. Okay? And when I do this, 
and just go through these few simple procedures, I find that I get everything squared up with God, and then after that, uh, down the road just shortly after that, there was an answer, there was a manifestation to that which I desired. God is faithful to His Word. Now, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Now, this is interesting, because you would think that God would wash away your sins and blot out and remove your sins or transgressions, you know, for your own personal sake. But God says, I'm not doing it for your sake. He says, I'm doing it for my sake. Why? Because God, as your Father, wants to be able to bless you. And if there's sin in the way, unforgiveness or whatever it might be, or anger or bitterness or these sins, God wants there to be repentance on your behalf, uh, on your behalf, and He'll grant the repentance. He'll grant the tender heart. Why is God doing all of this? Because He loves you so much, He wants to get that stuff dealt with, because He wants to bless you so greatly. He really does. More than even we understand at times. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Isn't that amazing? He, he loves you so much, he wants to take care of any sin issue. Now, and he says, and I will not remember your sins. I've shared this before. Some things are I don't know why there are some things in life we, we never forget. They seem to have been made a stamp, like something was stamped on our soul. I'll never forget it. Sitting uh, as a college student in a very large church of the denomination that I belonged to at that time. A good church, yes, people were saved there, people loved God there, but we also were a people that belonged to Jesus, but we had a lot of legalism. And um, this is a denomination that's still healthy today, existing today in the body of Christ, a stream within the body of Christ uh, that does a good work for the Lord. But I would still say, uh, you know, has that difficulty of legalism. Well, you know, since then the Holy Spirit's moved me on. And, you know, I'm not in that denomination anymore, although I'm very grateful uh, for the men and women in that denomination, because it was through those ministers that I heard the gospel taught. But I'll never forget, as a college student sitting in a large church, a couple thousand members, with a very distinguished preacher, he was actually the pastor of that church, and, you know, he was a sharp cookie. I mean, this was a guy that knew the Word. I mean, I actually saw him one time stand up. Before the whole church, he told the church what he was going to do, and he quoted, without looking, he quoted the entire book of 1 Corinthians. I mean, he just had his Bible. He said, well, you can open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, and today's sermon is, I'm just going to speak to you the entire, the entire book. He said, I think it'll, it'll just, it, you'll understand it better if you hear it all the way through. Well, we, you know, maybe we, we thought he was going to read it all the way through. Well, he didn't read it all the way through. He stood there and quoted the whole book in front of 2,000 people, and I had my Bible open just following along. He never messed up once. He did not make one mistake. <laughs> so, I'm talking about men that know the Scriptures, but see, you can know the Scriptures, and you can love God, but watch out for that old legalism. Oh, it can really hurt you. And that's why Paul was so strong in his letter to the church at Galatia, what we know as the book of Galatians, about this danger, this leaven of legalism, because it can really rob you of having a close walk with God. That same minister, that same pastor, who quoted flawlessly the entire book of First. Corinthians, not just one chapter, all the chapters, all in a row, quoted the whole book. You know, it took him like an hour to do it. At another service, a few Sundays later, I heard him stand up with my own ears. I, I watched him, I was in the service. I heard him stand up and say, God will forgive your sins, but he'll never forget them. And when he said that, Man, that, I just thought, well, I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm a lost cause. <laughs> As a matter of fact, about 2,000 people, it seemed like, boom, all got punched in the stomach at one time. Now, I would probably think today, if that minister is still alive, he probably is. He's, you know, he's probably a, a you know, pretty old minister now. I would probably think and hope that he probably realizes, just by reading the Bible, that Jesus 
completely dealt with the sin problem at Calvary. That to make a statement like that is horribly unbiblical <laughs> from a New Covenant perspective. Why would he say something like that? Legalism. Trying to please God on your own merit, in your own strength, in your own ability. And, and sometimes that's why they would do extreme things. Like I, I don't know if I'd call it extreme things, but, uh, but you know, trying to literally memorize the entire Bible. Trying to prove God, prove to God how much you're loving I don't have the whole Bible memorized. I have to admit, I don't even have the whole book of 1 Corinthians memorized. I don't even know if I've got a chapter memorized. No, I, I could make my way around anywhere in the Bible comfortably. But as far as memorization, only certain, uh, you know, certain scriptures that the Holy Spirit highlights. But I just go with the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to be legalistic and this is what we have to do. We, we have to read 80 chapters a day or else we may not gain heaven. No, we've already gained heaven through the blood of Christ. So I'm not in a works mode because you can never be good enough to earn it. I think we all have a good understanding of that. But watch out that old legalism can try to slip in. Praise the Lord, particularly if you came out of backgrounds like that. And, the, you know, the Jews did. And that's why Paul, particularly in the book of Hebrews, had to really lay it out there. Also in the book of Galatians, it even caught Peter. Oh, later in his ministry, that, that old, you know, religious, you know, hypocrisy of legalism slipping back in. And Paul had to help him out. Praise God. But my friends, my friends, God wants you to know that you can come before him and ask him something with a clean heart and be, and just be as clean as his, in his sight as he sees Jesus as being clean in his sight. Why? Because you and I are actually in Christ. Woo! And when he sees you and I, he sees Christ because we're in Christ. Now, yes, he sees us still as individuals. He sees me as Stephen Brooks, and he sees you as who you are. But he's, he has the ability as God to see us in his Son. Praise the Lord. This is very, very important. Please keep this page marked. We're going to come right back to, right back to it. I want to show you something. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. You know, the pastor, the dear man of God that memorized the entire book of 1 Corinthians, maybe, maybe he should have gone on and memorized the book of Hebrews, particularly chapter 10. It, it would have helped him out. Praise God. Verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Now this is Paul quoting from Jeremiah, verse 17. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Completely forgotten. God has the ability to do that. You and I, by faith, can do that but you can do it by faith and still remember it. You, we can walk in agape love towards people, but we don't have an ability like God where God can just whoop, erase it from his memory. He doesn't even, he doesn't even have memory of it. Wow. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I, I don't know. Just take, take the word for what the word says. When God forgives you of your sins, he not only forgives you, he forgets about it. He says their sins and their iniquities, or translated as lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now, where there is remission or forgiveness of these, that would be sins, there is no longer an offering that's needed for sin. Woo! Glory to God. The blood of Jesus took care of it all. Hallelujah. Well, of course, when I later on read that verse, after having been deflated by a pastor that I really trusted and uh, really loved, you know, but you know, he just missed it that day. Nobody's perfect. I don't think there's any pastor on the face of the earth, any minister, any, any apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. There's not one on the earth who hasn't made one mistake and has not misspoken at least once, uh, if not put another zero behind the one and maybe even another zero after that. Praise God. So we thank God for grace and even grace for that dear man of God who, who misquoted that by saying, you know, God will forgive you, but he'll never forget it. See, God does forget it. God does forget it. Praise the Lord. And I'm so glad. And you know what? That dear pastor probably needed. He needed the, the word to comfort him. And maybe his sins were troubling him from the past. But he needed to hear that also, that God forgives and that God forgets. It's something that we always need to be reminded of. Hallelujah. Oh, that old dirty devil, the accuser of the brethren, he'll certainly bring it up. <laughs> but God, when he washes it all away, it's gone. 
And we bless the name of the Lord for that. Okay, let's go back now to Isaiah 43. This is very, very rich. Isaiah 43, again, verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. That's looking forward to the cross, looking forward to what the Messiah was going to do, which, by the way, he has now done. Verse 26, look at this. Put me in remembrance. All right, let's talk about this. There's something you want to ask the Lord for. Okay, so now you have clean conscience. Now sins are washed away. You go before the Lord. There's really something beautiful, something special, something in your heart that you would call big that you're wanting to ask the Lord to do. And it, He says, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. I believe that there's a couple of ways that we can look at that. Put me in remembrance. I would say remind him of his word. Not that God got amnesia and forgot. He just likes to be reminded of what he said, just like you do. You like it when somebody quotes or says something good that you said. It just makes you, it makes you feel valuable. It makes you feel that the words you speak People really do listen, and they, they gauge with great value the things that you say. And so you could go before somebody, maybe a boss, and said, hey, you know, you told me that if we had a really good quarter, and that if I really, you know, pitched in and pulled my weight, and we pushed this over, there'd be a raise waiting for me. And, you know, the boss says, you know what, I did say that. And you did do the things that you, uh, that I required of you. So, yeah, come on in. Let's talk this over. Praise God. So there is a remembrance. Put in remembrance. Remind God of His Word. And I, what I do is I walk this out with the Lord is I just remind him of how, how amazing he is. Here, here's one that I like to remind him of. He says, put me in remembrance. All right. So I put the Lord in remembrance of this. This would be Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 26. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, verse 27, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Woo! I, I just love to tell the Lord, Lord, by the way, you are the God. I'm, now, Lord, I'm asking you to do something for me. But, Lord, I want to remind you that you yourself said that you are the God that said, is there anything too hard for me? And, Lord, I know this isn't too hard for you. Matter of fact, Lord, on your scale of miracles and epic events, this is way, way down the list. And, Lord, if you've done all of these other great things, which you certainly have, Lord, I know this is a very small, very easy thing for you. And, Lord, I know that you're well able to do this. But, see, you actually want to take those scriptures and bring them before the Lord and say, now, Lord, this is what you said. Lord, I want to remind you of what you told the prophet Jeremiah. And just do that. And it makes the Lord smile by by the way, while you're doing it and you're reminding him of what he said, which is bringing his word before him, you'll find out it's building up your faith because you're, you're going over that word, rehearsing that, taking it to the Lord, and it's being filtered through your heart, and it begins to bring faith in your heart also for a miracle. Praise God. Again, put me in remembrance. I believe there's another facet, another part of looking at that verse of the, or that statement. What I like to do is I like to remind the Lord of some of the great miracles that He has already done in my life. I put Him in remembrance. There's, there's two. <laughs> One of them was something that, it didn't bug me. I just wanted it out of my life. Um, I, I could deal with it, but um, it wasn't a sin, but it was something that, I just, I just wanted it gone. And uh, my, my wife, uh, she kind of laughs whenever we kind of talk about it. I won't make it public. It doesn't need to be public. Uh, and this, this was years back. But it was something that for a couple of years, I, I just thought, wow, it'd be wonderful if I didn't have to deal with this. And, um, and it, well, I'm not talking about a human. I'm not talking about an animal. I'm not talking about a, a pet or person or anything like that. It was something completely different. But I just thought, Lord, it would be really nice if I didn't have this particular responsibility. And, uh, but yet, you know, it was there for a couple of years. But you know what? My faith just kept growing that this thing is going to be removed. And suddenly, suddenly in one day, out of the blue, whoop, it was gone. Wow. And it's just like I could, I could kind of have fun, kind of like going around looking for it, knowing it's not there anymore, saying, hey, Lord, uh, I don't see it, Lord, it's gone. And just the feeling, the lightness, the joy, really the miracle of it, 
the intervention of God coming in there and just setting me free from that was just so cool. I just said, Lord, it, uh, wow, it really happened. And when it happened, it happened so quick that the moment it actually took place, it was almost like surreal. You know how it is when you're believing God for a miracle and you're trusting Him for it and you're praising Him in advance for it. And then when it actually happens, you're like, oh, it's happening. But maybe, maybe you're not so much like having firework moments because you've already had them by faith earlier, by your faith and your praise and thanksgiving. So when it actually happened, it was kind of surreal. And uh, fantastic moment. Look, I put the Lord in remembrance. I always bring that back before the Lord. I say, Lord, I'll never forget that until the day I leave this planet. I will never forget that. That was one of the great things that you did in my life. And I said, now, Lord, what I'm facing here or what I'm asking you here, I don't even think would be as difficult as what that was. And I've got another one, too. See, the Lord said, put me in remembrance. And I just bring these things before the Lord. The Holy Spirit helps generate these ideas of what you can take before the Lord. I have another one. And this other one was a real, uh, it's like, it would be like, it's like if you were landlocked somewhere and somebody said, I need to get to you in a boat. And you're like, oh, sorry, there's no water around here. Well, that's the, that's like the way the other one was. I was in a situation on this other one was where there was no way out. And in the, in the natural, if you would have asked advisors or counselors, oh, they would have just said, hey, hey, Stephen, you know, on that one, you're stuck. They're, they're, you, know, you, you know what you're facing on this. The only way you could ever have this situation resolved would be by a valid miracle of God. Then you stand back and you look at, it, at, at the situation in the natural, and you're like, yep, <laughs> this is the only way. But thank God that God still does miracles. And so me and my wife, we had this other situation that in order to move forward in the ministry, that I just thought, Lord, you're going to have to do this. And you know what? He did that one too. And that one, that one was like, that one would go down in my life as being epic. I won't tell you what it is. It's too personal. That one was epic. That one was one that even, even a mature believer would be impressed by that testimony if I unveiled it more. That was one that would hold its own on any miracle level. Woo, praise the Lord. You know, um, many years back, here's one I will share with you. Uh, let's go back even further in time. This is, this is over 20 years ago. When me and my wife used to live in Southern California, I had a martial arts studio, a Taekwondo studio. You know, I, I used to do that all the time. And, um, uh, and so I, you know, I had quite a few students and, you know, this thing, this studio is running full, full steam ahead. And, you know, we've got, I've got full grown adults taking classes. I've got kids taking classes. I've got teenagers and high schoolers taking classes and all kinds of people showing up. And it's, I mean, just busy, busy, busy. And so we had an invitation to go into ministry training. And I just sensed in my heart, I, I have to get out of this. I, I, I'm too busy. This is just like, and then it was also extremely physically demanding. And, uh, you know, cause I, I'm teaching the classes and just, you know, it was just, it was just getting like too much. I couldn't, I couldn't do the ministry. I couldn't step into what the ministry was demanding and do this. I said, but Lord, how, how could I ever get out of this? I said, people have paid their tuition. You know, some pay a month in advance. Maybe some pay a, a, a six months in advance. Some pay a year in advance. And uh, I said, Lord, I've got classes going on in the afternoon, at night, all throughout the day. How, how could I ever, like, just walk away from this? And yet, and yet the door is wide open to go in the ministry training, wide open. And, it, and the door will close if we don't go through the door for ministry. And I remember I just, I just, just gave the whole thing over to the Lord. I just took the whole concern and just like threw it into the lap of the Lord. And while I was sitting in my office one day there at the, uh, at the martial arts studio, as I sat there in my office, just kind of relaxed, you know, classes were about to start later in the afternoon. And I'm just kind of hanging out. A, a man came into the, into the studio, and he asked to speak with me. And I said, yeah, come on in my office. We, we sat down and talked. And he was, a, he was a Taekwondo master instructor that had just arrived from South Korea. And he was looking to start his own martial arts school. And this is, this is the words out of his own mouth. He said, would you be interested in me taking over your school? And I'll honor all of the written contracts that you have with all of your students I'll honor all of them and you know maybe you just want to get out 
And I, I would like, I, he said, I'm looking to start. I'm, I'm looking to start and open up a brand new school. I said, let's talk, let's talk further. And you know what? Uh, he took over the whole thing. I was able to get out of the lease. I was able to get out of everything, out of all the contracts. I had a very smooth sending off. I had a very smooth sending the others forward. And would you believe it? He went on to prosper there and then went on to open other schools and he began to prosper and then of course me and Kelly are now in the ministry moving forward in that and God's opening doors there and now we're going to the nations and it just I mean it's just stuff that only God can do and sometimes you sit somewhere and you think God I would if I could but let me tell you God can God can God can move you God can move you forward and you may think Lord I'm so tangled up in this I can God can unravel anything there is no not that God cannot untie. There is no situation that if it involves His kingdom business and involves moving His kingdom forward and the preaching of the gospel forward, that's top priority from God. And if you're willing to, to put Him first, He'll do the craziest things for you that you could even imagine. He'll, he'll rearrange all kinds of stuff just so that you can serve Him better and more effectively if that is in your heart to do. Woo, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, it's true. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that if you will seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He will add. Not that He might. He will. He will add all of these other things unto you. I've proven it. I've found it out over and over and over again. And whenever I need something special from the Lord, then I, I put Him in remembrance of these sacred, special things that He's done that only He could do, that no person could do, that only God could do, where He made a way where, there's, where, where there was no way. And I'm here today to tell you, He will make a way for you. Blessed be His name. So He said, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. Oh, this is just too good. Let us contend together. Uh, Pastor Stephen, that kind of sounds a little scary. Is this going to be like me and God are going to like arm wrestle and whoever wins gets the answer to the prayer? <laughs> Woo! No. Um, but again, don't miss this. He says, let us contend together. Okay. Underline the word us. In other words, again, God's got a say in this. This is not just you throwing this out. God, here's my plan. Here's what I want. Now hurry up and stamp it with your stamp of approval. I've got things to do. You know it doesn't work like that. I know it doesn't work like that, but a lot of Christians still try to run it through a system like that. And that's why, as I said earlier, they just do not have this reality of having prayers answered. They know God answers prayer, but they're missing the mechanics of it. Slow down. Go through these very simple steps. Go before the Lord. Remembering that He'll wash all sins away, cleanse you, not even remember them, go before with boldness and confidence, and begin to talk to Him about it, begin to put it before Him, put Him in, in remembrance of all that He's done, brag on God, okay? Tell Him how good and wonderful He is, because He is, and then contend with Him, contend with Him. Now, this word is actually, the word contend is actually a judicial word. You could actually translate it as, and this is not really a paraphrase, because I've seen other translations bump right up next to this, but this is what's being said here. He's saying, let's judge this together. Let's judge this request that you're making together. Okay. And because God's involved in it, there, there is a potential that he could say no. And, uh, you know, Moses really wanted to go into the promised land, and he just, uh, he contended with God, and God said, no, you, you made a violation, I've already told you that you can't go, so it's already set, uh, you know, uh, I'll let you go to the top of the mount over here, and you could look into it, but you, you can't cross in there. And Moses was like, well, but, but please, Lord, isn't there some way? And the Lord just said, no, I said no. So that could be a possibility. Now, I sense in my spirit that concerning this message and that thing that you're seeking, I sense, a, I sense a lightness, a happiness. I don't think you're going to get a no. Now, you know if it's unbiblical, if it's unscriptural, if it doesn't harmonize with Scripture. We already know that's a no, but that's, that's for baby Christians to work their way through. Uh, but I'm talking to mature believers that you've already, in a sense, have done your homework. So when you go before the Lord, and it's, He says, let us contend together, or let's judge this together, then 
the Holy Spirit is with you, the Holy Spirit is helping you, and He'll guide you into the throne room as the questions, as the contending begin to take place. I think a good example of this would be the time Dr. G.G.S. Dinakaran, the great prophet of God from India, when he was younger in his ministry, he saw the great effect of not just preaching, but preaching, and then ministering in the power of the Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit. And when he saw T.L. Osborne come to India and minister, it made such a, a profound influence upon Dr. Denikaran that he said, I must have the same Holy Spirit, I must have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So he really began to seek God the Father to give him the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, one time, after praying this prayer very strongly and consistently for a certain period of time, I can't remember how, how long it was, a couple of months, he had an experience where he was taken up in the heaven. His spirit, not his physical body, his spirit was taken up in the heaven, and he found himself standing before the throne of God the Father. And it, the, you know, the, the throne is covered with like a glory cloud, but there before him is God the Father, and this mighty, beautiful, but yet at the same time thunderous voice, you know, comes and and ask Brother Denikaran, "What is it that you want?" And he says, "God, I want the gifts of your Spirit." Right? Biblical, right? I mean, Paul said he said to ask, right? Okay, First Corinthians chapter. 12 and particularly chapter 14 and you know desired the gifts of the spirit especially that you may prophesy etc etc you know that now as he stood there he said there was a little pause a slight pause and then the father answered back now remember let us contend together let us judge this together let's work this out let's talk this over in other words in the hebrew let's let's open this up and so god after hearing the request God the Father made a response, and this is what Dr. Karen, Dr. Dana Karen said he heard the Father say. The Father said, Do you want the gifts or do you want me? And he said, he, uh, Dr. Dana Karen in his heart didn't know how to respond, and the Holy Spirit came right up behind him and whispered to him and said, Tell him that you want him. <laughs> He said, tell him that you want him. And Dr. Denikaran said, Father, he said, I want you. In other words, over all of the anointing and over all the gifts and over all the wonderful blessings, I want you. And the Father was so pleased with the answer that he gave him the gifts also. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And of course, he goes on to have a ministry noted with signs and wonders. Praise God. But there is something about asking, something about contending. Because a, a lot of people would say, I want the gifts. But when God begins to work with them, maybe they want it for their glory. I want to seem important. I want people to respect me. Well, you know, the gifts will certainly bring attention. But the Lord works with all of that. He works with all of that. And of course, He still has to work through imperfect people. The only perfect person was His Son. So the gifts are given without repentance. They are given as a gift, a grace gift. And uh, when you see a man or woman operating in the gifts of the Spirit, they didn't earn them. That they're given. The gifts are given by grace. That's why. That's why. You know. Sometimes they can be maybe misrepresented, and the gifts will still work. That's okay. Uh, I'm not. Well, I shouldn't say that's okay. I'm just saying God knows that He has to work with clay vessels, and that's what we all are. Praise God. But I'm sure every person that tries to minister in the anointing is trying to the best of their ability to please and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But see, let us contend together. And I've had that before, before too, where you're you're really. You're really seeking the Lord, and uh, you can sense the Lord searching your heart. You can sense the Lord is trying to not reveal to Himself because He already knows, but bring to our attention why do we want this? What is the purpose for this? And so th those are things that go on in the in the asking, because He said He said, "Let us let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted." So it really is an element 
of coming before the throne room, coming before the throne of God. Praise God. But you can come before His throne with boldness, come before the throne of grace with boldness and confidence because your sins have been washed away. And you can say, Father, yes, I believe I'm asking with pure motives. Father, made this, made this thing be granted so that it will bring you glory. Father, this is what I'm asking you to do for the furtherance of your kingdom. Oh God, I ask that you would do this thing. Oh God, may it bring you great glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, these are very special times. My friends, go before the Lord, ask the Lord. And uh, don't, don't just rush through that process of that uh, throne room type situation because there is a place you state your case and you say, Lord, this is why I would like for you to do it. Lord, this is why I, I want you to do it. Uh, Lord, it would make me happy. And just, uh, but beyond your own happiness, there's other reasons. And just state those before the Lord. He said, state your case that you may be acquitted, that you may be justified. Glory to the Lord. And by the way, the Lord's on your side. He wants to do it. <laughs> Woo! But He likes relationship. That's why all of this is going on. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, we give You glory and honor. I sense some great answers to prayer are on the way. I also sense some, some throne room encounters are about to really take place. Blessed be God's beautiful name. Lord, we give You praise today. Pastor Stephen, after I've asked the Lord, what should I do? Okay, when you ask the Lord with all of your heart, and you sense a peace about it, God's got it, okay, then what you do after that, just stay in faith. Stay in faith and worship the Lord, and, you know, just thank God for it, pray in the Spirit. And I have a verse for you from John chapter 4, verse 23, because again, I just want to give you some things that I do, things that work for me. I think there are other things there's, you know, there's other, there's other recipes. Maybe we could use that word. But all I'm saying is like, this is what works for me. So I, that's what I want to share with you, things that are proven in my life. This is John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour is coming. This is Jesus talk, talking. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. After I have asked the Father, and I have presented that to the Lord, and that has been taken right into the throne of God that has been presented to Him. Then I take my answer by faith. I begin to praise God and thank God for the manifestation before it happens. And what I do is I, I just praise and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And one of the things that I like to do in my own personal devotional time is I'll just dance before the Lord in the Spirit. Oftentimes I'll come here into this very sanctuary and just dance around and praise the Lord. And uh, it's very rare when I use music. If you're in the spirit, you don't need any music. You just just dance. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've got to have music. Who who told you that? You you don't need any music at all. Um, I don't even need a tambourine. Sometimes I might grab a tambourine. Sometimes I might clap my hand. Sometimes I might not. But most of the time I just dance. Just dance in the spirit. Lord, I praise you. Hallelujah. And you'll you'll sense that. The Holy Spirit will come in. There's an anointing, and when I'm talking about dancing in the Spirit, I'm not talking about some choreographed dance that I learned in the dance. The, anything like that, where it's choreographed, where it's taught, where it's group taught, that's that's not in the Spirit. That's all stuff that that's done in the natural, where it's kind of like in the flesh. And I'm not saying there's maybe not a place for something that's choreographed, that, that, but I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the spirit, just dance, worship, and praise God in the spirit, where you don't really know what you're going to do next. Okay, you just dance and worship the Lord. You before the Lord, in the Lord, in the Spirit, just worshiping God. God, I believe that you've heard it. You, my request, I believe you've got this thing. God, I believe you're going to do it. Lord, I'm just here to praise you and dance you and uh, uh, praise and, and dance in you and just you'll start praising and, and dancing and worshiping the Lord and dance around. Maybe do it for 10 minutes. If you're, if you're maybe have a little more stamina, uh, stamina, stamina, okay, finally got the word out. Maybe do it for 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm not saying do it for exercise, but at the same time, it can be, uh, you know, very relaxing and un unwinding when you're done. Praise God. Hallelujah. But do that. And if you'd like, try to do it every day. And before you know it, you're just happy. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. I believe I've got it. I'm praising God before I ever see it. I'm dancing in advance. I call it the principle of a dance 
in advance. Praise God for it. Worship God in spirit and in truth. And express your faith by worshiping God in the dance. And just dance it in. That's, that's how some of the great miracles of my life have happened. I just go before the Lord, worship, praise, dance in private. I don't even really need music. Uh, don't, don't mo most of the time use music. Just dance, just dance around. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Get free. Hallelujah. Stop thinking about how you look or, well, Pastor Stephen, people saw me. They must think I've lost my mind. Well, get, get past all of that. Hallelujah. You need to lose that old carnal mind, that old religious mind. Lose all of that stuff. Get free in the Holy Spirit. Worship God in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Just lift your hands and praise and dance and glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. And yes, you can do that together with others. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not talking about where you get together and do it with others. Now, everybody put your left foot out now and your right foot now, left foot, right foot, move to it. Now, I'm not talking about stuff like that. That's all in the flesh. No, I'm not talking about stuff like that at all. I'm talking about in the spirit and in truth. Let's just worship the Lord. Woo, glory. Now, if you, if you get more people together. Maybe you would like to have a little praise music, a little worship music, uh, but, but still, you still don't need that either. You don't need that. Just let's just lift our hands up, begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You'd be amazed what God will do when you just turn it over to the Holy Spirit and stop trying to fabricate things all the time. Always got to have some kind of mechanization. Oh, oh, uh, Pastor Stephen, have him pump it up on the organ over there. Mm, get the people worked up. Let's get them worked up. Uh, look, if you want to get all worked up, go, go to a, go, go to the gym. Okay, go to a dance class somewhere. This, this is not what we're into. We're just, trying to, we're just trying to worship the Lord, praise the Lord in spirit and in truth. You don't need all of this. Hoop it up. You don't need all of that. Just, just start moving in the spirit and let the Holy Spirit take it. Woo, he'll give you songs. He'll give you all kinds of songs. You don't even need a song book. Um, I'm just trying to tell you, you don't, you don't need a lot of these things that people tell you that you need. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! I'm 100% convinced that if you, were, if you were stuck on a deserted island out in the middle of nowhere, you could worship and praise God and dance in a rescue boat. It'd come pick you up. Well, they don't even know we're here, Pastor Stephen. Well, let's just praise the Lord, and the angels will bring them here. Hallelujah. Start, start dancing. Let's start dancing before the boat ever comes. Let's dance and praise now. See, this is what people do. Well, I'll praise God, and I'll start dancing and praising when the miracle happens. That's, that's why they don't see the miracle, because there's no faith in that. Anybody, anybody can praise the Lord when you see it, but when you haven't seen it yet, but you believe you've got it, and you believe you've connected with God through your prayers, well, then it's time to praise Him right now. Praise the Lord. But the hour is coming, and now is, right now, now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Don't let it just be about the manifestation of the blessing. Let it be about the journey. Let it be about the relationship, you and the Lord, and just pulling others into that deeper walk uh, as you take your journey through life. Praise God. And also winning the loss to Him as well. They deserve to know. Hallelujah. Just like somebody shared it with us. And now here we are, blessed and in the kingdom. Let's do all we can so that they hear also. Praise God. All right, my friends, just take those simple steps. Those simple processes, just work through it. It's different with everybody because the Holy Spirit works. He works different with everybody. We'll bring up different scriptures, different things to remember, uh, to put the Lord in remembrance, different things. But he'll, he'll, he'll be right there with you as you go through it. And then after you've made your request, then just begin to praise God and thank God for it. Dance, praise God in the Spirit, worship God in Spirit and in truth, and just dance it in. Hallelujah. That's how I do it. Praise God. And the Lord is faithful to His Word. Amen. Commit him to his word. Okay. Keep his word and he'll be committed to his word as well. He'll watch over it and perform it in your life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word today. Thank you, Father God. Now, I thank you that your people are going to go before you and they're going to make that beautiful presentation, that request, and it'll be a dual conversation that will take place. And so, Father, we thank you that it will all be settled, locked in, and then the answer will be a yes, and then there will be rejoicing, and then there will be soon manifestation. Father, we give you praise. We thank you. You're taking your people to the next level. That's why these conversations need to be going on, because they've got to, they've got to ask something. You're going to pull them up to the next level, and it's, it's related to that request. We give you praise, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let's take communion together. Just grab some bread and some grape juice. If you're watching this program today, 
and you're intrigued by all of these things about a God who is real, a God that has relationship, a God that even answers prayer, but yet you don't know. You don't know your Heavenly Father. Well, today can be your day of salvation. Please just pray this prayer after me, and Jesus will come into your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Give me your new life. Give me your eternal life so that I may live with you in heaven forever. Lord Jesus, write my name right now in your Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for washing my sins away. I believe you died and rose again on the third day, and that you are now seated at the right hand of God your Father. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And amen. And if you have prayed that prayer, you now belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all take communion together. Heavenly Father, we, we bless the bread, the juice, we consecrate it. This is now the flesh, the blood of our Savior. Father, as we partake of His body today, we thank You that You are the God who answers prayer. You have ears, and You hear, and You answer our prayers. We give You praise in Jesus' name. Let's receive. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that you promised us in your word, and you cannot lie. You promised us in, in your word that when we confess our sins, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, and you remember them no more. So, Father, we receive that promise. We take that by faith, and we thank you that through the shed blood of Christ, we are washed clean. Thank you, Father. Strengthen us, O God, from sin. Lead us away from temptation. Deliver us from evil. Thank you, O God, for your strength imparted into our lives. Let your grace be there. Let it make us strong, O God, to live for you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's partake of the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, the angels are moving back. It's time for you to step forward into the very throne room of God, into the presence of God. The angels are moving back so that you can go right up the steps and approach God the Father and make your petition before the Almighty Jehovah God. Make your petition in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the thing that you're asking for. Plead your case, state your case, and take care of business today in the judicial courts of heaven. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.